Here at the All In Podcast, we love talking about sports. That's pretty much our main topic. And in sports, you need to be reliable. Well, what's more reliable than Tavon's Lawn Care, LLC? It's a Black-owned family business in York, PA. Uh, Tavon's Lawn Care, or TLC for short, since they provide each job with tender love and care, has been in business for over (laughs) 10 years. Founded by owner Tavon Parker, TLC aims to provide employment, for underprivileged youth while providing great service at a reasonable rate. You can visit Tavon's Lawn Care LLC.com or Tavon's Lawn Care on Facebook and Instagram to view their portfolio and request your cost-free quote now. So if you need any kind of lawn care or landscaping job, visit Tavon's Lawn Care for your landscaping needs. Hey guys, welcome back to the All In Podcast. This is episode 21 of the All In Podcast. Uh, it's just me and Eli today. A little surprise. This is our first episode we've done, just us. I think since the last time we talked about NBA, right? I think you're right. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. We've, had, we've had some great guests on lately. We have had some great guests on, but you know, this is our podcast. So every once in a while, we, <laughs> we do need to... Keep it just us. So, how's it going today, man? Going good, man. Episode twenty-one, my high school number. So this should be good luck. <laughs> score a thousand points. Score a thousand points in that number. So <laughs> I was, I was, I, I was twenty-one. Back. I was twenty-one my junior year. I did not score a thousand points in it, but uh, so I, I was always, I was always twenty-four, right? And then my so, so my sophomore, my freshman year, my sophomore year, I was twenty-four, and then my junior year. Like the way we picked jersey numbers was like seniors got to pick first. This senior just randomly was like, I'm gonna take twenty four this year. So I was like, What oh. the So I took twenty one for a year and then went back to twenty four my senior year, but I was twenty one for a year, yeah. So so we are talking NBA today. a uh, lot going on in the NBA with the COVID bubble. Uh it's looking a little more shaky. We've we've got some more positive cases of coronavirus in the bubble. Uh, we're learning more about life in the bubble, and then we've also got some injuries to some key guys on some big-time contenders. So we want to get into all those topics today. Uh, we do want to talk about All In Network. we got some stuff going on. All In Politics, uh, their true debut is going to be this Friday. They did launch an episode with us, a joint episode. That's on our YouTube channel. Also, you can find it on their feed and our feed, All In Politics and All In Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Make sure you check them out if you're interested in politics at all. Those guys, uh, you know, very experienced in politics and, and very energetic. Just a couple cool guys. Uh, nice to have a conversation with them and, and hang out for a while. Uh, what else we got going on, Eli? So we have Real Deal Radio. Um, those of you uh, who follow us on Twitter uh, may have seen his preview uh, this week. So that is also debuting Friday as well. So we got two debuts coming up. Friday the 17th, uh, so be on the lookout for that. We'll be uh, tweeting that out on social media, at all in, or at all underscore in underscore pod on Twitter. Um, and uh, we're also on Instagram, all in network, and Facebook, all in network as well. So look for us, at, look out for us on those as well. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been tuning in on YouTube. Uh, if you're tuning in on YouTube, make sure you also just go in and download on Apple, Spotify um, as well. That way, um, you know, the, the plays still count. So you watch on YouTube, download on Spotify. Make sure you guys leave ratings and likes and comments and stuff like that on the YouTube videos. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, definitely. Hit that subscribe button. We've seen a nice uptick in our YouTube video account. So we love to see it and we thank you guys for that. Uh, if you could do us a favor and hit subscribe, that would be awesome. We're expecting Cody to be on our show on Sunday, I believe, uh, to kind of talk about his show. So look out for that as well. Also check out allinnetwork.net. You can find links for all of the podcasts on the network. All right, let's talk NBA basketball. A lot going on recently. Uh, NBA is slated for their return July 30th. or will be the first uh, official games back. Uh, Lakers Clippers is going to be that night, so it's going to be a really exciting return. Uh, and then I think they've got some like scrimmages lined up. I think starting maybe the 23rd. I don't know where if those are going to be nationally televised or not, or maybe just regional. But they got some scrimmages lined up, so 
I mean, really, we're going to take anything we can get at this point. We're kind of thirsting for basketball. So, um, but it's not looking great right now. Uh, if you've been following the news at all, if you've been following Twitter at all, a couple more positive cases rolled in. Russell Westbrook uh, confirmed a positive test he had. James Harden, there's been reports that he had a positive test. Uh, he has not confirmed that yet. He did show up in Orlando. Um, but, you know, a little bit late. People are a little suspicious what's going on. Uh, people are, we're hearing that he did have a positive test. Um, so, and all of this at the same time where Florida is becoming kind of the hotbed for coronavirus uh, with the way that they've handled it and they're reopening. Disney World is reopening despite large increases in cases and, and they're really spiking up. So, Eli, I will ask. What are the optimism levels? Are, are we going to see this? Is this actually going to happen? And if it does happen, is it going to finish? So is it going to happen? Yes. I think they're in too deep to just shut it all down now. Um, I would say probably the only thing that would cause that would be like a few outbreaks actually inside the bubble. Um, so, or, or, you know, just like three or four or five cases possibly showing up in the bubble. I would say that would probably cause um, cause them to shut down before the 31st. I don't foresee that happening, but it could. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, but the, my, I'm less optimistic about this, like continuing, continuing and finishing. Because like you said, like Florida is a hotbed right now. Um, and players who aren't at the bubble yet have been popping up with cases left and right. Um, you know, and honestly you have to, and there's been multiple protocol breaches that have been confirmed. And there's also been a lot of, uh, activity on the hotline of people reporting protocol yeah. breaches. So, which we'll get into later, but it's just like, this seems like a disaster waiting to happen. And we even talked about it on the last show, like some IG model already said that a dude invited her down to down and down to the bubble. And of course, yeah. she couldn't wait to run and tell social media about it. So I'm just right, like, right. OK, was well, that happened within like hours of this bubble, like starting, you know, imagine what's happening to with all the IG models who aren't snitching on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's just like. It seems it seems like a disaster waiting to happen. So my optimism level, I think, like out of a one to on a one to ten scale, I of it finishing, I'm probably down to like a five. Like I'm I'm mm. on the fence. Like they might finish it just to get it over with. Like honestly, even if yeah. cases start popping up, like and and what we're seeing though is the result of states putting um, and and the president putting profits over people. You know, it's, a lot of states opened up too soon. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, this is the result. And if you look around the world, we're like the only ones who are still having like these rapid spikes, I would say, like on a for the most part of all the developed nations, like we're the, one of the few countries who's having uh, a second outbreak, really. Right. Like it's 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 strange to me, you know, that every other soccer league except France's who who just shut theirs down when this all kind of happened, every other major soccer league is finishing up play they, they're not having massive outbreaks amongst their players then they're traveling they're not even in a bubble they're they're traveling and they're just playing without fans and we can't even figure out the bubble situation for our sports so like what does that mean for all the other sports that are happening right now as well it's just it's uh it's getting to the point where like a, a full-scale lockdown might have to come back again in, in august i would say Sorry, Alexa felt like chiming in. I don't know if you can hear that, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, you know, what, at when, when does it, where does it stop? And I think it's yeah. going to come to the point where like, uh, cause Tom Wolf has already put COVID restrictions, at least in PA back up. And I don't know. And he's been, he's been super proactive about it. So I don't know if other governors will end up doing it, but like, if it gets bad enough, I feel like the have to right I, some of them have souls right like so i guess <laughs> I, I guess so. we'll see you know i guess we'll we'll see but it's not looking good man now and and we are you know so i'm in ohio obviously uh we're kind of following suit there like i live in you know we live in kind of akron cleveland area here like we're back up to like required face masks things are closing back down and we've had this huge spike and you mentioned the other countries in the world it's kind of like a big damnation on 
our government and our leader and all of our governors, right? Like that we couldn't figure this out. And it seems like everyone else has at least to some degree, um, you know, and even like Germany there and even these countries who have, you know, quote unquote, figured it out, they're still having some cases, very few. I mean, especially in comparison to the amount of new cases we're having and they're still taking the precautions, you know, like Germany is, is close to, I think they're, you know, maybe, maybe a hundred new cases, 150 new cases a day for, for that country. And they're still pretty much on lockdown. Uh, so the way that you know, Hillary Clinton put out a funny video on Twitter and she's kind of making fun, poking fun about how countries led by women are for some reason handling it so much better. So maybe a little, <laughs> little trolling by her, but it is, it's shocking. And, and Florida is the hotbed right now. You look at the cases, it's just, it's insane. I, I would be very worrisome if I were a player and, you know, and, you know, it's tough for a player to go down there and you know that this is happening in the state and, you know, they're already breaking protocol. Like, uh, who was it? Rashawn Holmes from the Kings who crossed lines to go get delivery food or pick up something to eat. Like, like, come on, man. Like, you just got there. Like, they're going to be there for three months. They're going to have to figure this out uh, and be able to do it within protocols. Now, I will say... Uh, MLS is also having their bubble kind of close to the same area in Florida there. And they had a lot of problems getting started. So whenever teams were first coming down, there was a lot of cases. Certain teams had to drop out completely. But it seems like now that everyone's in the bubble, uh, I think the latest round they did, they had no new cases in the bubble. So maybe maybe that's a little bit promising. And, and once everybody's in the bubble for an amount of time and there isn't these protocol breaches, which there very well might be, uh, maybe maybe we can get a grip on this and it won't be as bad as, as what it's looking like it might be right now. And maybe the NBA says, you know what, this is getting out of control. We gotta do three game series in the first round. We gotta get eight of these teams, like you gotta go back, like we gotta get you out of the bubble. And honestly, I mean, them bringing 22 teams was a stretch anyway. You know, they yeah. really could have cut this, they really could have had 12 teams or maybe 14 teams. like. You didn't need all these teams, but you know, and I think you caught. Possible. Well, they're trying to make it as fair as possible, and they're trying to get Zion in the play. They want that Zion LeBron first round matchup really bad, right? And if you bring the Pelicans, you have to bring the Spurs and the Suns and all the teams that were just exactly. as close. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's scary right now, and as you know, big basketball fans as we are, like we're hoping and praying that they can figure this out and have a full playoffs and there won't be an asterisk and it won't be shortened um but i'm getting more worrisome by the day so let's let's play a game then so there's been a lot of protocol hotline calls people apparently breaking protocol i don't know if that's you know the one guy went out and got food people maybe inviting people over like we've heard uh maybe they're having excessive meetups with more than the amount of, uh, allotted amount of people that they're supposed to be. So I'll ask you this. D'Angelo Russell is not at the bubble. Okay, so we know he's not the snitch, even though he's notorious. <laughs> Who, who's the snitch, you think? I don't know, man. It Honestly, it's going to come from... Uh... It's going to come from one of the lower seeds, I think. Or actually, no, it might come from one of the higher seeds, depending on who's yeah. getting reported. Like someone uh, someone reported Jimmy Butler, and I guess they sent like security out to his room because he was working out oh too loud. Like, come on, man. You know the only reason... Oh, he was he dribbling was, the ball. Yeah, or something like that. Like they said <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was working out too loudly yeah. or something like that. Like, come on. You're a hater. Like, come on. There's, there's, no, other, <laughs> <laughs> there's no other way. Like, you didn't think anything was wrong with him. You just wanted to right. stop a man shine. Um but no, I mean, the, the snitching, honestly, I think player most likely to snitch. I'm trying to think of who's there. I, th and, for me, I think it's Chris. It's got to be Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chris he's Paul, got a history. He's got a track record. Chris Paul definitely is calling up and, and, and snitching. He's also the president of the Players Association, so maybe he yes. feels the need to. But yeah. def Chris Paul got snitch written all over him. I mean, he's a <laughs> he's a double agent technically with State Farm. So true, definitely he is. Know he's snitching. <laughs> and he, he's notorious for snitching to the refs. And uh, I remember the, the tucked in jersey incident. And uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. But maybe it's like maybe it's LeBron. Maybe LeBron is like, hey, we got to finish. It. You know, because you know, and they talk about the players who were like most adamant about we got to do this, we got to finish. LeBron and Chris Paul were the top two really pushing for it and LeBron's not a leader in the Players Association but of course he has a lot of sway a lot of pool 
Yeah. Um, so maybe he, maybe he's making calls. Maybe he's saying, "Come on, guys, I need my fourth chip. Don't mess this up for me." <laughs> yeah. So if if you're a backup on your team, would you snitch on a teammate to get his spot? Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, hell yeah! I need those minutes. Well, I guess it depends. If I'm on the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, maybe not. If I'm on like, if I'm on the Magic, right? If I'm not, if I'm like, even if I'm like, maybe like fringe starter, right? And or even say like I'm 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 Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier is messing around. Nah, I'm call, I'm calling. I need those shots. I need those shots. Evan Fournier is throwing up. I need 20 attempts a game, not 15. Get him out of there. Get him snitching, out of there. Snitching the media. So, I, I mean, plus, you know, hey, I bet some players are legitimately worried. They might yeah. legitimately be like, hey, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. You're going to get sick. Um, to be honest, I can't really – it's it's a dilemma for me personally on whether, whether or not – if I knew someone was breaking protocol, would I snitch? It's a dilemma to me because at the at, on one hand, like – I definitely don't want to get COVID because I want, right. I'm down there to hoop. So I want to hoop. I opted in to hoop. And if you're doing something wrong that could possibly get me COVID, then, you know what I mean? Something needs to be done about it. You shouldn't be able to get away with things that I can't get away with. You know what I mean? Thanks. So, but I'm also anti-snitching. So it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma, you know, and, and I could see where players might have an issue I don't know about with it necessarily, but where players might not report as much as they should. But it seems like yeah. the hotline is working. They're, they said there's been a lot of of calls about it. But let's let's talk about Rudy. A lot of hotline bling. A lot of yeah, hotline bling. <laughs> so, and one thing, and I think someone who couldn't possibly hurt his image any worse is Rudy Gobert, right? You would think after what he did when this whole thing started. Right when he touched all the mics in the press conference and then got mm-hmm. COVID and got the whole league shut down, and then he tweets like that the hotline is petty, and I'm like, dude, like you of all people need to just lay low <laughs> and not say anything. Don't criticize anyone or anything, especially when Bro. it comes to COVID-related topics. Like you need to not say anything right now because a lot of this is well, it's not really his fault, but like right. you know what I mean. You 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 pretty much ruined a relationship with a teammate in Donovan Mitchell because of your actions. You were not, you know, responsible, and you took this thing right. as a joke before, and now you're like talking about the hotline's petty. Like you, you of all people should probably be snitching the most. You should be telling, yeah, right? Because you want to, you need to get yourself off of the hot seat. You need someone else to be. Oh, hey, someone, so and so got COVID right. and he broke the bubble. See, that it wasn't dude. me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was that that take yeah. take all the attention off of you. You need to be pro snitching right now. So that might be the guy, but he's talking about it's petty, and I'm just like, dude, that's really not a good look for you. I'm not gonna look too much into it, but I'm like, that's really not a good look for someone who started this whole thing in the NBA as far as like right. cases popping up amongst players. Yeah, but like if I don't know, like if I'm at the supermarket or whatever, and like if I'm in line, I'm wearing my mask. And Karen walks up behind me, no mask on. She's up on my butt, two feet away. Like, I'm gonna say something to Karen. Hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call the hotline, but I'm gonna yeah. say something. Right. So maybe, maybe, they, maybe you say something instead of calling the hotline. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I, I think that's probably what I would do. I would probably say, "Yo, like, come on, man. You know you're not supposed to be doing that. You're putting us in jeopardy, putting player safety in jeopardy, and you're putting the finishing of the league in jeopardy." So and and honestly, when you come into the bubble, you know what you're signing up for. Like they made mm-hmm. it abundantly clear. So like if you weren't going to abide by that, you really should have just. And if you didn't want to abide by those rules, you should have just stayed home. So yeah, you know what I mean. I I would certainly have a a man to man talk, especially if it was a teammate. But even yeah. if it was someone from another team, I'd be like, yo, like come on, man, be responsible. Right. That, I mean, the I guys know they know each out. other. I think the guys know most of you. Most of them know each other well enough. Even if they're not on the same team, you would think that they could work it out. But I mean, like if it's like egregious, yeah, right. Like if I mean, you I don't brought know, a, but like you brought a girl in, 
I'm you brought a girl. That's what I was going to say. Hotline immediately. I, yeah, I can't exactly. break a low. Like, you can't break right, facts. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no way. There's any one way street. Like, if you're getting booty, I need, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so. Yeah, yeah I think I would. Canary. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd definitely call it hotline. So. All right, then let's let's talk about yeah. So Russell Westbrook tested positive, um, so let's talk about that. Then that kind of hurts the Rockets here, and it looks like Harden might have tested positive, so they're probably going to be recovered by the time games start. Now teams are worried about people recovering from COVID and then still f- testing positive afterwards. Uh, maybe they have concern about some false positives. I don't know if that's quite the right way to put it or if it's more so that you know it's still in their system but they don't have the symptoms anymore or you know can they still spread it to other people that'd be the big question um how concerned are you if you're a rockets fan uh, with this news i'd be very concerned uh because depth is already one of their biggest issues um with the way that this roster is constructed so yeah. um and the the rockets aren't in a safe uh, places in that sixth spot, they can't fall out of the out of the playoff picture. But um, they certainly could drop to the seventh seed and end up with the Clippers in the first round instead yeah. of Denver, who would be a much more favorable matchup. And they even they really even have the ability uh, to play their way all the way up to the third seed. Like the Denver isn't locked into that by any means. So, and obviously the a higher seeding would draw a favorable matchup for them. So. There's there is something to play for in this eight game stretch where we don't really know even if Russell Westbrook has recovered like technically from testing positive like this has long term this this uh, illness has long term impacts on your lung capacity so like how many minutes can he play after he gets back you know what I mean because they said he's had mild symptoms so you know who knows what that means when he actually no longer actually has COVID but what kind of ramifications there's going to be to you know his lung capacity so that's issue number one issue number two is even if he does come back it's gonna be like barely in time probably for games to start he's not going to get the same like guys are working out and stuff like that right now and having practices he doesn't get that time with his teammates um which i don't know that the rockets necessarily need because of their play style (laughs) but you know it's it's a factor for for sure he doesn't get as many shots up as the next guy so yeah. That's I think that's important. Um, not that, and to be honest, I don't I don't think that they really have a championship, a, a realistic shot at a championship anyway. But right. it certainly hurts it, you know. And then, you know, like you said, if if uh, if he comes back and there's like false positives and he's out longer, you know, they could be looking at a first round exit depending on how this situation plays out. So. Uh, that would be interesting to me to see how uh, see how it plays out for, for the Rockets. Yeah, and, you know, the Rockets, you know, I guess the story is they went small ball, P.J. Tucker starting at the five, and, like, started really well, right? It, I think they went, like, 10-2 and two out of the gate with that type of a lineup, and then I think they lost four in a row. Like, I think they, they got their ass kicked by the Knicks. They got their ass kicked by the Clippers. Uh, so if they do fall to that seventh seed, that's who they match up with in the first round. I don't think that's a really good matchup for them, the way they play, um, you know, like against all those defenders. And then if, if someone is missing, it's just I don't know how that works out. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if Russ misses any any games there or even, you know, like even in those first eight games, like those are actually really important for seeding in the matchups. Um, now, there's no like home court advantage, so it won't matter so much there but you know if i'm houston i don't know if i am playing hard and like people say like okay he had mild symptoms like we really don't know what that means mild symptoms could be basically no symptoms mild symptoms could be flu-like symptoms you know now it sounds like he's not like hospitalized symptoms and all of these guys who are you know getting coronavirus down in this bubble i don't think any of them have had that serious i mean they're all young super healthy guys like they're probably not gonna have Now, they certainly could with this virus, and we don't know a ton about it, but it seems like from the trends that they probably won't be in that situation where it's very, very bad. But it certainly could have long-term effects, and we just don't know. It is a novel virus. We don't know the long-term effects. Now, I will ask you this. What's your take on – so, like, 
I know like when Ezekiel Elliott tested positive and people reported it, he was like, oh, that's a HIPAA violation. Is that a HIPAA violation? I mean, we report whenever they have like torn ACLs. Isn't that kind of, I mean, even, is that the same thing or is this different? Because like, it's so bad, I guess. When it comes to the media, it's the same thing. Like, right. yeah, they like how much they care. It's the actually it's the same thing. But even, I mean, technically, when they report that kind of stuff, those technically are is a HIPAA violation. Um, even when they report the you know surgeries and stuff like that, like that, those kind of things are all HIPAA violations technically. Yeah. It, d- does anyone like care enough to get sued over it? Maybe Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but other than that. You know, I don't think it's going to stop media members from reporting it unless they get sued about over it. Which actually, I don't even. It's not even them that you would sue. It would be the doctor, whoever the team releases, it. releases it. Yeah, and that's the thing is like the leak. No one even knows where the leak comes from. That's why it makes it mm. so difficult. Is because no one's ever going to give up their source because they want to go back to that source for you know for more information. So that, that's what makes it so difficult. But I, I mean, technically, yeah, it's a HIPAA violation. Yeah, and I think the, like, I don't think it's that much different. Even when guys have, like, you know, flu-like symptoms, like, they release that information. That's a right. sickness. But, I, honestly, I think the coronavirus one, like, the reason, like, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, was so pissed about it. I think he, I think they kind of are embarrassed, right? They had like, that party. They had that party. They had that party, right? He was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I got caught. Now I got the thing. Now everybody knows that. This but like really I think actually it's probably better it's probably more beneficial for the public to know that you got coronavirus because you went to this party and then right. they can maybe avoid going like even that's that, that's kind of the Harden situation too like he was seen at pool parties in Arizona and he was seen playing pickup in, in gyms and you know obviously he has a small strip club affiliation thing that people know about him that he does very often like yep. I think maybe it's more embarrassment than That's actually pissed about a, a HIPAA yeah. a HIPAA violation, right? Yeah. All right. So then let's um, other big news coming out of the bubble, not really COVID related. Rajon Rondo looks like he's going to be out for the playoffs. How big of a loss is this for the Lakers? Already going to be missing Avery Bradley, who chose to sit out. They did sign J.R. Smith. I'm not sure how high you are on him. Dion Waiters is going to be there. What's your thoughts on the Lakers? Is this a big loss or, or maybe not so big of a deal? Um, I think Avery Bradley's a bigger loss than Rondo, but um, I mean Rondo's a, Rondo's certainly a, an impactful player for them. I think they can live without him, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, simply because he's not necessarily the player that they need uh, in order to win a championship. I would say he's he's a He'll be he would be a good contributor. You know, you always want someone who can, who has the skill set he has, um, who competes on defense. Even if he's not the the same defender he used to be, he's going to compete on the defensive end. Good passer, high IQ. So you you can always use those kind of guys on your team. But it doesn't I, again, it doesn't break them. I like the J.R. Smith signing. Um, I don't love J.R. Smith, but like in a specific role. J.R. Smith yeah. is fine. He's again. He's another guy. He'll compete on the defensive end. Um, he'll space the floor and knock down open shots for the most part. He's a little streaky, but for the most part, he's he gives you some added shooting and helps you there. Um, I think Dion Waiters will be interesting because we never really got to see Dion Waiters uh, and ha- what he'll bring. He's the one guy where it's like he's a scoring like creator you know what i mean that you can bring off your bench which i don't know that they really had before you know what i mean someone who could put the ball on the floor and make and make things happen but and also knock down you know perimeter shots like rondo was kind of a, a playmaking facilitator whereas Deion waiters gives you kind of a scoring facilitator um but i'm i'm really interested to see i think the biggest thing that we'll learn from you know the rondo injuries injury is uh what Caruso's really made of. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are really high on him, and it's because you see him in like spot minutes, right? So you see him, you know what I mean, uh, getting a couple minutes here and there, and his energy sticks out. And obviously, he's a white guy who can jump, so that gives him all the credibility in the world. But like now, <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be playing extended minutes, so his more of his flaws will be exposed. And yeah. more of his or more of his strengths will show. So 
Um, I'm, I want to see if he like takes the role of one of their like top perimeter defenders. I think maybe that could be something they look for in him. Um, I don't know if he's if he's capable of doing that, and he he certainly won't be able to do it to an Avery Bradley extent. But if he can like give them some kind of a, a Della Vadova kind of defensive presence, you know, something like that, mm. where he's just kind of an irritant, that could help. You know what I mean? And replacing Avery Bradley's uh, the loss that you that you have there, um, yeah. and then can he make can he make spot up open shots? Because that's the big thing, right? When you're playing with LeBron James and even Anthony Davis uh, in the playoffs, you're going to have to be able to knock down spot up threes uh, consistently. So, will he be able to do that? Is is what we'll find out here with his added playing time. And I'm a little bit excited about that. I want to I want to know more about Alex Caruso. Yeah, probably a sentence you probably never thought you'd say when he was right? coming out of Texas A&M. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Like, I guess the big question, I don't know. I, I don't think Rondo's great anymore. He certainly, in the regular season, the last two seasons, has been more of a liability than a positive for them. But in yeah. the playoffs, you know, he has a reputation of being a guy who shows up in the playoffs, and he has a lot of experience. Uh, I, I think... He still has the ability to be a good defender. Uh, maybe in the playoffs, high-pressure situations, he's a guy you want on your team. And, you know, now you look at this, Bradley's gone and Rondo's gone. Who is the ball handler on this team besides LeBron James? Yep. I mean, because even when you know, talk about Deion Waiters, he's not really a primary ball handler. I mean, he, he's a guy who, if you get him the ball, you know, maybe in a half-court set can go get you a bucket. But he's not someone who you would want bringing the ball up by any means. Initiating um, your offense. Initiating your period. offense. and Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, when LeBron is out of the game here, you know, Rondo and Anthony Davis, uh, they do have kind of a nice connection there. Even going back to their New Orleans days, they, they were playing really well together. So I do yep. wonder how that works. Um, you know, now it's it seems like the Lakers, okay, now they're going to be pretty reliant on J.R. Smith and possibly Dion Raiders, maybe Dion to a lesser of extent, but I don't know if I like that. I don't know if, if I'm a Laker fan and I'm looking at this and I'm saying like, okay, like who, so we got LeBron and AD and then these are the next guys on the list that we're going to rely on. And the next guys to hit those open shots are one Danny Green. I like that. But then you have D- Dion and J.R. Smith. Like, oh, that's a little bit, shaky you know you want them to be in high pressure situations we know jr smith's reputation in high pressure you know high basketball iq situations it's not always been the best yeah uh, Dion waiters you know he kind of a similar story uh maybe not to the same extent as as jr but uh you never know he could pop a couple of weed edibles and and go no come on the plane again so we don't know what's gonna, we don't know what's gonna happen with Dion waiters it, it could be an up and down ride Correct. Um, so I I don't know. I think I might be a little bit worried if I'm the Lakers and just in terms of creation and, you know, when LeBron's not in the game and not to mention the fact that, you know, LeBron is a different breed than yeah. every other human who's probably ever lived, <laughs> you know, maybe besides like Bo Jackson or maybe a handful of others. Right. But 35 years old, right? Like at some point, maybe it's 34 turning 35 in December, but at some point, like, I don't know if I want him playing over 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. Now, he's had yeah. a big break here, but, like, I can't imagine he's going to be playing much less than that uh, with the ball handling needs that they have going into this playoffs. And a lot of them are going to be high-pressure uh, situation against some really good defenders. So I think I am kind of getting a little bit worried about uh, the Lakers. All right, last thing we're going to talk about today, then. Also, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, they're one of the big question marks, possibly a contender uh, this year. If you look at their home record this year, they're definitely looking like they're going to be a contender. If you look at their away record, they're looking like they're definitely uh, going to get swept in the first round. So Ben Simmons is always a big topic of conversation. His ability to shoot, uh, whether or not he's a true point guard. Now, all reports out of these Philly practices that he's playing power forward and I think um, is it Shake Milton is, is it looks like he's going to be the starting point guard. It looks like so Philly's your team. How do you like that power forward move for Simmons? Um, I'm I'm a fan of it. Um, for them and the the biggest reason is because Shake Milton adds shooting to that lineup. Um, yeah. And I didn't I didn't love the fit with Horford, Simmons, and Embiid on the floor at the same time. So it adds floor spacing. First of all, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think it's going to get Ben Simmons off the ball more. And I think, like, one of his biggest problems is when he's in, like, full point guard mode is he gets complacent as far as pushing tempo. and he Or he gets to that point where, like, he brings the ball down the floor and it's, like, straight into a dribble handoff. And I'm like, okay, do we really need that every every possession that you bring the ball up the floor? You know what I mean? Like, and maybe if it's to like open up a shooter, fine. And I then, but we don't need that every possession. That's and that frustrates me from when he's playing the power the point guard spot. But I think if he's bringing it up occasionally, so you know maybe he gets a rebound and he's pushing, and I think that's going to force him to push the ball in transition more when he gets rebounds or when he even gets if he does get an outlet he's going to be forced to push it in transition more because the ball's not in his hands as much Mm -hmm. so i think that will you know force him to actually be more aggressive it sounds weird to say that but like without the ball in his hands all the time now when it's in his hands he'll have to be more aggressive and trying to get to the basket because his opportunities are less so i think that helps um i think I think it actually helps when he does these dribble handoffs too, because now probably your dribble handoffs are probably for a shooter and Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons. Now that we're another guards on the floor, Ben Simmons is likely drawing a bigger defender on him. Cause now your guards have to probably match up with shake and Josh and Tobias. You don't really want a big guy on Tobias Harris. So you may see more big guys guarding Ben Simmons where he can now, when he's in those dribble handoffs or dribble into a ball screen type situations, his man isn't able to switch as much as if a guard, you know, or, or shooting guard or small forward is, is guarding Ben Simmons. So I think it creates advantages there. The biggest thing, however, and it's regardless of what position Ben Simmons plays, the thing they're going to have to figure out is when crunch time comes and they're obviously going to, they, they like to play through and bead. How do you play through Embiid? Because if you're bringing him on, if you're putting him on the post, then like you know, low block situations, Ben Simmons is drawing. Ben Simmons' man is doubling. So how are you handling that? Where is he on the floor? Is he diving to the rim, or is he finally going to space the floor and shoot jump shots? You know what I mean? That's what Brad Brown I think needs to figure out. I, yeah, which I'm not convinced that he's going to shoot jump shots yet. So my thing is like, can you put him in like elbow extended? When before before Embiid catches and then Embiid catches, double comes, he dives and forces the defense to collapse and maybe his kick out goes somewhere else. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe that's something that the Sixers look at now that he's off the ball and, you know, things like that. So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that they'll still have to figure out regardless of what position he plays. But I like it. Uh, I think it, it may force him into like a Draymond Green type role. Where, you know, Draymond's shooting doesn't impact his team as badly as Ben Simmons does because the ball's not in his hands as much. So, like, maybe he'll be, like, a a better version, offensive version of of Draymond Green, you know, in this kind of role. So, you know, we'll see how that that works out for them. But I do like it. I prefer a smaller lineup if you're going to have Simmons and, and Bede on the floor at the same time. Yeah, and, and you know Simmons is so good in transition. It's like you can't just you can't just give up on him because he, you know, the things he can do creating and in transition and you know finishing at the hoop is really really impressive. It's just like the half court sets. Like I just don't know where he fits on the floor. Like this was my so even like coming into this season, I was I was low on the Sixers. There was a lot of hype when they signed Al Horford and stuff. Like I was low on the Sixers, and I still am low on the Sixers because I just don't know how it works. In crunch time, like the spacing is just not there, and like, yeah, I guess the, the option is like, okay, well, we're gonna take Al Horford, who we just signed for a ton of money, off the floor, and now it's like, well, what do we do with Ben Simmons? Like, even with Ben Simmons and Embiid, like, where do you put these guys so it works? And if right. there is somewhere where you can put them and it works, which there might be, I think, I think you can figure something out. I don't know yeah. if Brett Brown is the guy to figure that out. Clearly, right. he hasn't been in the past couple of years. I mean, last year, when you look at him in the playoffs, it was like most of the time in the last five minutes of games, it was Jimmy Butler's got the ball, get out of the way, let's try to work with this. Okay, so mm-hmm. now if Embiid's the guy in the post, which I think that's probably their best option is Embiid if you're in a half-court set and it's slowed down, yeah, Embiid maybe 
he's your guy. Hopefully, you can kick it out to some shooters. Ben Simmons is not that shooter. So yeah. if he's the if he maybe he's the cutter, maybe you know that they find a way to make that work. You just don't want to clog Embiid's space. That becomes a big issue for them in the yeah. playoffs. And that's that's if I'm a Sixers fan, which I'm not, but you are. That's what I'm most worried about. And is and if it comes down to it, it's like, well, do I take Simmons off the floor in the last two minutes of games? Well, I don't want to do that because he's my best on-ball defender. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, if, who's going to guard the other team's best player? You lost Jimmy Butler. It's going to be Ben Simmons. Yep. Um, so that's the serious dilemma. And Brett Brown, I think, is not the guy to solve it. Unfortunately, I do like the Sixers. I think that they have a good chance to be Boston because of because of the Embiid matchup. Um, yeah. So today they they did a they released a video of Ben Simmons shooting some threes. How excited are you about that? I'm not buying it one bit. Um, <laughs> think of Ben Simmons uh, building us up to tear us right back down, shooting mm-hmm. the three in a preseason. That was when I I that was when because he had the whole summer of these like videos and pickup games yeah. of him shooting. Then he came out in the preseason. He finally shot one after Embiid like begged him to against a trash team and he hit it. And that's my biggest problem is like, I really believe that if Ben Simmons took like three shot, three threes a game, I think he would shoot like 30%, which granted is not good, but God, it's better than zero, man. Like, that's what Giannis shoots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and at the end of the day, if I shoot 30%, I at least have to like be close to you. You know what I mean? Like if I'm a defender, I have to at least respect the fact that you might hit one. And then if you get hot, you know, and hit two, then I got to step up more. You know what I mean? And that's why even if you don't hit them, you at least have to be a threat to shoot it so that defenders don't just sit back at the uh, at the circle on you like teams have done. And to mm-hmm. me, I'm just like, I don't I don't know anyone who plays basketball, especially at the level that he does. But even in my entire career, I've never seen anyone have someone guard them, a guard, have someone guard them back in the circle and they still don't shoot a jump shot. Like I'll miss 10 straight jump shots before I just let you guard me back there for an entire game. I'll miss every time. Right. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's the thing. I, I don't understand how Ben Simmons doesn't have that mentality to at least dribble up to the freaking foul line and shoot the ball. Right. But it's just like, you know, I'm not buying anything Ben Simmons sells on social media as far as shooting goes. I'm looking for him to do it in a game. Start with taking one a game. Then go ahead and take two, then take three, you know what I mean? And then just and build it from there. But you're never going to get better at it if you don't do it in the games. You can shoot all the threes you want in an open gym by yourself uh, right. with no one guarding you. You're never going to get good at shooting in-game threes if you don't shoot them in games. Yeah, my thing is, like, why are you doing it? Like, why are you practicing? Why are you putting these videos out? Like, you're, if you're not going to shoot it... Don't practice it. Practice your dunks and your uh, practice a f- uh, freaking floater. Free like throws. that's yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or a free throw. Like yeah, do something that you're actually going to use. Like don't waste all this time shooting threes if you're not going to shoot any. Maybe and maybe he's working on them because he honestly doesn't think he's good enough to shoot them in a game yet. But I think he is. I think he could shoot 28, maybe 20, 25. I think he could shoot 25 to 30 percent from three if he shot three or four a game. I don't see what's stopping him. And Embiid needs him to shoot threes. You know, the reason this partnership isn't working as people plan is because he refuses to shoot threes. It's so hard for Embiid to get that post work when teams are sagging so far off of Ben. And even if you, I mean, even if you can't shoot the three, like, if you can hit a mid-range from one dribble in, I know that it's not a great analytical shot, people would say, but... It's got you. Got to do something. You got to be able what to he's shoot. Doing. You got to be able to shoot a jump shot if you want to be in the NBA. Even if you're a center, yep. you have to be able to shoot a jump shot. Yeah. Like and and even like I think the closest comparison would be like Rondo. When teams it seemed like teams figured him out a little bit, they started to sag off, and that's when you saw his career, uh, you know, kind of take a downward slant from where he was in Boston. But yeah. like. He at least figured out a way to facilitate from there, and he would at least shoot it when when they sagged off him, even if he missed. And he would shoot 25% from three, but he would at least shoot it, and he'd make one. And even if you make one out of five, at least the guy who's guarding you is going to say, 
Well, he might shoot it at least. He might shoot it. Let me yeah. at least get within. Let me at least get close enough that I can box him out if he does. Like, right. If you're not shooting, if you're not shooting at all, it's you know and whatever. So I I get frustrated watching Ben Simmons as someone who's not even a Sixers fan. <laughs> God, please don't even get me started. But like same. But even and, and Rondo is a great point because he, Rondo has obviously he's had that. I think that's probably one of the first people we saw like super sag off of someone like in, yeah. in the modern NBA. But remember that game Rondo hit like a bunch of threes against the heat in the playoffs yep. when, yep. uh, when LeBron and them were there and he had like 44 and, and almost won them in overtime. I don't remember if they won that game or not, but I remember Rondo hit like four or five threes. And I'm just yep. like, here's the thing. Like Rondo knows he, he's not a good shooter, but he'll at least shoot it enough times to where you have to respect me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because now if I do hit, I really only have to hit one to get you to come closer. And then if I hit two with someone who's with Ben Simmons ability to get to the basket, he hit two threes in any game. You, you have serious problems because now you're like, okay, he's in a, he's in a rhythm and I actually have to contest because he's now hit two shots. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, or you got to live with him hitting four or five. And if Ben Simmons, any game that Ben Simmons hits four or five threes against you, you're losing. I know that's a dream, but like, you know what I mean? That, and that's, you know, what kind of people, the approach teams took to LeBron, right? You're like, okay, they didn't sat off him as far, but like teams are like, okay, well, we'll make him hit like two. But if LeBron hit five or six, you know, or hit four or five on you, you lost that game every single time. Right. And, but at least LeBron, the way LeBron got better to the point where like teams can test LeBron on pretty much every shot, he shot them in games. He shot he shot awfully early in his career. He he went through the twenty two to twenty five percent in his career, but he kept shooting them, and then it all clicked when in the Spurs series, Game Seven, he made every fucking jump shot he could. You know what I mean? So it's just like you, it's 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 truly the only way you can you can show us these videos and show us the work you're putting in as much as you want. But yeah. you, the only way you're truly going to get better is if you put the if you shoot the shots in the game. Yeah. And guess what? Like, okay, so if I'm Brett Brown, I'm, I go to Ben Simmons, and I'm like, hey, listen, man, we're going to have 100% possessions in this game. We can afford you missing three or four threes. It's okay. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, go ahead, man. Like, knock uh, yourself out. Like, it's, we'll live with three or four missed threes. If you make one yeah. or two, great. That's an added bonus. But it's yeah. okay. Like, That's what I don't I understand. It's like in today's NBA, and and I and analytics show it. It's like it's almost better for you to miss three threes a game than it is for you to not shoot it at all. You know, I'd rather you miss five. I'd rather you miss five threes every game, and we just miss out on points every possession. You know, maybe you get them out, get them all out in the first half, empty the clip out in the first half, and if one goes down, you know, keep shooting it in the second half. If nothing goes down, maybe you reevaluate. But like. It's it's much better for him to shoot them and miss them than it is for him to not shoot them at all. Yeah, and I mean, what's the worst? What's the worst he could do? If he, you know, like I don't think there's any way he'd be less than like twenty percent, right? Is that the worst? No, he he's not. Do? He's not that awful of a shooter. He's not that awful. He, can't and, make, he doesn't shoot like Shaq, you know. Like, right. So, so I mean, if you're just playing the numbers game and he's you know one for five, okay, well you have three points on five possessions okay if i make two twos on five possessions that's 40 percent, which is probably close to where he would be that's only one more point like just shoot the threes it's okay <laughs> like right. just a couple just a couple of them so uh yeah that's um that's frustrating so so um so you you flip-flop then on philly i'll ask you again then the first time we did this you had him over the celtics the next time you had the celtics over the sixers so now that we have this news of him playing power forward, possibly shooting threes, are you going back to the Sixers? Um, not yet. No. Not yet. We'll we'll okay. see. I'm a, I'm gonna stick with the Celtics. I think they they just look better in the regular season. And uh, to coin your phrase, that means something, you know. So yeah. thank you. It's thank uh, you. <laughs> you know, I think that means something. So. I'm gonna stick with the Celtics, and I don't really want to reevaluate any of my picks until the until after the the eight games when we get a f- official bracket. That's when I'm gonna start reevaluating. Re- re- I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna die yes. on the hill of my previous bracket that we did until then. Thanks, me too. So, anything else today? That's all I got, man. Okay, so that's pretty much all we got today, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in to the All In podcast. Make sure you're checking out our website, allinnetwork.net. 
where you can find links to all of our podcasts on the network, ourselves, the Rain and Bliss podcast, uh, which if you haven't tuned into Rain and Bliss, the newest episode, they talked about the entanglement with Will and Jada and August. So definitely want to uh, tune into that. They also talked about plastic surgery, uh, a lot of topics. Real Deal Radio with Cody Deal, that's coming on Friday. All In Politics is also debuting on Friday. They already have an episode up uh, with me and Eli. So if you like me and Eli's voices, you can hear us there as well. We're also going to do some collabs with them going forward um, and, and our podcast as well. So things are happening at the All In Network. Uh, th- thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you go to our Teespring store, grab some All In merch. Um, the most recent round actually helped us get some new cameras so our video quality should be going up here soon in the Mm -hmm. future episodes so again thank you guys for all your support so far um and then don't forget uh to subscribe again to the youtube channel Uh, but again thank you guys uh for everything oh and on anchor you can now support the podcast with monthly donations um you could do 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 uh, we are still running a raffle currently um, that where if you make a donation, post a screenshot either on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, send it to us, however you can. Um, and then we'll enter you into a drawing to win a free uh, item from our store that isn't the hoodie or the blanket. So, and also a chance to come on and uh, have a segment where you get to ask us some questions or chop it up with us. So. Um, good opportunity to get some exposure on the all-in pod so uh, excellent opportunity so go ahead and uh, hit that support button uh, at anchor on our anchor page to help out the podcast yeah so i'll put the link to the anchor page in the description of this video guys so make sure you are going to that Uh, i think it's anchor.fm slash all dash in dash network and then there's a support button right there where you can enter that raffle and if uh you you win you'll get to come on the show with us and talk about whatever you want so uh that sounds like a lot of fun so all right guys that's all we got episode 21 all in podcast thanks for listening guys see you guys